Greetings, everybody. This is a Travel Addict podcast where you can hear candid stories and discussions about business and adventure travel from around the world with activities such as trekking, diving, camping, driving, cruising, and just plain chilling out somewhere. We talk about lots of experiences in places all over the world, including the grand, the remote, the edgy, the risque, and ones of questionable merit. Education, fulfillment, and wonder enrich our lives. And of all the books in the world, the best stories are found between the pages of a passport. Stay tuned. Well, hello, everybody. Malcolm Teasdale here, the travel addict. Well, everyone, how are your travel plans going? Well, maybe things are starting to get back to normal. Not sure. I wouldn't put money on it right now, but I have been out of town recently, and I thought I'd dedicate a few minutes to explain what I went through for me to be able to get over to Europe. I'm using this as an example because there are a lot of challenges. Yes, people are traveling, but if they haven't got the right paperwork in hand, they're not going to be let in certain countries, and that's the worst thing. You pay for a flight somewhere, and you just can't get in. Even worse than that, I suppose, is if you had to go into quarantine. Think about that. Well, initially, in September, I was supposed to go to Asia. I was going to a remote location called Raja Ampat. It's a diving location, and it's in the country of Indonesia. Well, Indonesia has been locked down. No foreign visitors are allowed, period, vaccinated or not. So, that was indeed a problem. So I changed plans. I built an itinerary, something completely different. And my niece in England just gave birth to a baby girl. So I wanted to go over and uh, see the family or my relatives. So I planned a trip. While I was in England, the plan was to, you know, or after I visited England, was to go off into Europe somewhere, places I hadn't been before. So I built an itinerary. And it was going to England, Poland, Ukraine, and Slovenia. Now, that's sort of a little bit strange to many people, isn't it? Strange places to go to. Well, not really. A bit more about that in a minute. So I started planning, and it was a pain. A pain in you-know-what. i tell you what, United Kingdom was the hardest to get into. Now, on top of this, I wanted to use some frequent flyer points. I had to arrange to fly from where I am in uh, the panhandle of Florida up to Chicago for the transatlantic portion of the trip. I used uh, some uh, frequent flyer points from Singapore Airlines and uh, put them on one of their partner airlines, uh, SAS, Scandinavian Air Services. I would have used Delta, but they wanted three times the amount. For whatever reason, it was rather off-putting. Would it have simplified the trip a little bit more? Uh, Yes, because I could have flown transatlantic out of Atlanta, but At three times the cost of points, nah, not going to do that. So I started planning. Now, to get in the UK Mm -hmm. is challenging out of all the countries right now. Now, even though I'm British, I'm American, I have the uh, British passport, and I do have the American passport. Does it help? Not really. So uh, I had to put that aside and start the planning here. Now, my flight... Uh, my transatlantic flight uh, was left leaving from uh, Chicago, 
And I had a layover in Copenhagen in Denmark before flying on to Manchester, England. Now, a layover, well, it's a layover. I'm a transit passenger. Does it make a difference? Yes, it does. So, it's important because some countries just will not let you in anyway, even if you're a transit passenger, few and far between. Now, add to this, the EU just made an announcement that anyone traveling from America, well, basically, we recommend that uh, members of the European Union do not let people in their country unless they pass certain requirements. Okay, so the process started. Yes, I've been fully vaccinated. Uh, the booster shots hadn't been authorized at that time. Doesn't matter. I, I assumed I'd be okay, and I, you know, I was prepared to wear a mask even on the uh, the transatlantic portion, which is not the best thing, you know. But a couple of glasses of wine would help me sleep. Okay, so the process started. I started to get all the paperwork. And this is what I had to go through for England. I had to have a COVID test prior to leaving, okay, which had to be within 72 hours, basically. You know how that works. So I had to find a place where I could get the results back in the short term. Well, I found a place. I had to drive a little bit. Um, and if you pay enough money, yeah, mine was about $195, to get my COVID results back in one hour. It was negative, so at that time, I was able to uh, plan the trip. Once I took the flight up to Chicago on Delta, I had a uh, six-hour layover there. I had to change terminals there, a bit of a pain. But then I got on the SAS flight on a brand spanking new Airbus A350. I got business class, so I was close to the foot of the plane. The plane was immaculate. The service on board was very professional. Indeed, it was very nice. So we flew to Copenhagen and landed at the airport there, which was virtually deserted, especially the international terminal. But I was a transit passenger there, so I had to go through that process. And um, if I was staying in Denmark, a whole different rules there, staying overnight, because I would officially enter the country when I was a transit passenger. Didn't have to do much. Denmark is pretty well open right now. So then... I got to the international terminal for the Ryanair flight to Manchester, a direct flight. And it, well, Ryanair, not my favorite airline in the world, and uh, I'm not going to even rank them, uh, but the seats are pretty uncomfortable. But it did get me to Manchester, albeit a bit late. Some of the paperwork you, that's required when visiting England, yes, I have to have the COVID PCR test, but I also have to have a United Kingdom passenger locator form completed, and you get that online. Also, I had to have uh, a COVID test when I arrived at Manchester. It seemed a bit strange, but the England or the UK does have that policy. You have to have a COVID test on arrival, a COVID PCR test, and you have to order it before you leave. So, to get in the country, I had to have proof that I've paid for and got a COVID test booked. bit confusing because they call it day two test. There's another one called the day five test, which is if you stay longer. But that's another story. So the day two test is if you, um, you want, you can actually order a test and have it sent to the place you were staying. And do it yourself and put it in a, a drop box somewhere. 
seems a bit dubious to me. I arranged to get this test right after I landed. Now, fortunately, Ryanair flight was one hour late because the pilot said, well, we've been traveling all through Europe all day long and uh, we picked up delays all the way and uh, we're an hour late, which means we'd get me into Manchester about an hour late. However, the COVID testing center closed at 7 p.m., which put my COVID test in jeopardy. Fortunately, once I got out of the Manchester airport, I had to sort of run with my luggage and in the pouring rain on my head, it always rains in Manchester, and I got to the COVID testing center five minutes before seven. I had to stay in Manchester the night, and luckily within 12 hours they had the, re- the results, which was just fine, so I was free to go. If it proved sort of positive, then that's a whole different thing. Then I would have had to go into quarantine. Okay, so that's the thing. There's a, the COVID test at Manchester Airport, or it doesn't matter, it could be London, it could be Birmingham Airport, on arrival. I also had to have my vaccination card with me, proof of vaccination going into England and the UK passenger locator form. Okay, I got in. Five days later, I took a flight to Poland, Krakow, Poland, and I flew directly out of Birmingham. Stay close to the airport. Now, forms to fill in there. Poland requires that you have a passenger locator form written also. This All this information has to be sent in advance. Passenger locator form. Basically, telling the authorities where you are in fact staying. I was in a hotel in the main square. And of course, I had my vaccination uh, card uh, with me. So, it seemed like I was in order. Poland are let, letting in passengers from America. So... It shouldn't be a big problem. So once I got to the airport to check in at Birmingham, they made sure I had my information all correct. Now, in addition to that, I had to have a, what they call a public health declaration form. All right. And that's another piece of literature we have to fill in. So in other words, I passed all the tests. I got on the plane and we landed in Krakow, Poland. I got in to Poland. Wonderful. Then I left Poland to go to the country of the Ukraine. Now, Ukraine seems a bit iffy to people. Why would you want to go to the Ukraine? Well, I always had an urge to go there one day, and this was an opportunity. Plus, the fact is, Ukraine is what we call green-listed. From a European standards point of view, there's red, um, amber, and green-listed countries. Now, if you're coming from a red country you really can't get in anywhere okay there's amber have different rules and so which are united states is amber but ukraine is a green listed uh, country what they require though is proof of vaccination for sure but in addition to that they will need a passenger locator form and also insurance proof of insurance but it has to be purchased from a company that has an office in the Ukraine, all right? Now, I already got travel insurance from Alliance here, but they don't have a facility or office in the Ukraine, so I had to purchase that uh, insurance from a Ukrainian company. It wasn't a problem, and it wasn't expensive. That passed the test for me to get into the Ukraine. Perfect. Um, then after 
uh, about four days, I was on my way to the country of Slovenia. Now, Slovenia has been amber-listed. There have also been warnings uh, from the U.S. government websites about its level red or, or level four, I should say, as a high-risk uh, country. Having checked all the COVID stats daily, which I have done for a long time, it didn't seem that bad in Slovenia. I decided to go to Slovenia and stay in the great town or city of Ljubljana. That's almost unpronounceable. Right, things I need. Obviously, I need the uh, vaccination. Also, I need a form for arrival, an arrival form for Slovenia. And I think that is about it. And yes, you can get in Slovenia. So that's a good thing. Of course, I had insurance as well. And uh, those were the main things. And I was staying in the old town part of Slovenia. That is before I headed back to the United States. Now, coming back to the United States, you need a COVID test. But an antigen test would be good enough. So I eventually found a place in Ljubljana to get a COVID test 24 hours before I left to come back to the United States. Important. Also has to be a completed attestation form, which, you know, this form said, yes, I've, I've not had COVID. Yes, I've had the vaccination. All the things that you can be held accountable for. And uh, obviously, I've got the, the insurance for travel. So the attested, attestation form, uh, proof of vaccine, and COVID test results, written in English, by the way, not Slovenia. I was all set to go, and finally, I got back to the US after two and a half weeks being away, which was a fantastic time. But here's what I did. All the forms I had to fill in, all the paperwork, etc., I had it all printed out. Now, my itinerary, yes, I took a one load of paper with me, but I also had it backed up on my iPhone, my iPad, my computer, and in the cloud because, you know, something could go wrong. Could go wrong, it probably will go wrong. So I wanted to make sure I had everything, even backup plans, plan A, plan B, plan C, so to speak, and it worked out just fine. Now, before I even traveled, I document everything to do in my travel on a Word document and print it out. So there are various articles on the internet worth looking at. And, you know, there's a, a website of all that entry into the USA for returning citizens like myself. Travel.state.gov is where to go for that. And or you can also look at the CDC for COVID uh, levels around the world. Very important. Airlines such as uh, Delta and American Airlines have um, different websites or the part of their website where you can go to to look at the status of all the countries you uh, were thinking of going to. It's very, very helpful. Okay, And if you want to look at the red, amber, and green lists um, in Europe, if you can think of going to Europe because it's difficult to get to Spain or France right now because they've really shut out American visitors, there is things called the red, amber, and green list. You can find the details of those lists on gov.uk, www.gov.uk, and it will give you a list of all of those countries. It does change, not daily, but 
weekly. Yes, it does. I also check with Manchester Airport, manchesterairport.co.uk. One of the reasons I did that is because what I was reading on travel websites, government websites, and even airport websites was outdated information or conflicting information. It's rather confusing. What do you believe? I recommend if you Google something, make sure that the date that it was posted is as recent as possible. Yeah, you can be sort of falling into a trap. You're looking at what a news release from six months ago, which may be uh, not valid today. So, yeah, I called Manchester Airport, and uh, they gave me a different impression of what was on the Manchester Airport website. So I listened to them, and they said, well, you don't really need a um, COVID test on arrival because you can get it the two-day one. Well, I really did need it on arrival, so you have to clarify this. Well, again, what could possibly go wrong? So Birmingham Airport was the same. So I made a note of all the airports I was going to and the website address in case I had to call them. In addition to that, I made a note of all the British and U.S. embassies in all of the locations I was going to just in case it went on a lockdown for whatever reason. It's sort of protecting my trip. You know, this sounds a bit paranoid, but that's what I did. Now, here's a good website to go to, and this really helped me a lot. It's called apply.joinsherpa.com slash travel restrictions. Now, this is great because you can put in where you're traveling from and where you're traveling to and specify if you've got a connection anywhere, for me, for example, try, uh, flying from uh, Chicago or via Copenhagen down to Manchester, and then you put in the date, then you say, or select the button that says see restrictions, and it provides all the details you need to know of what forms you need to fill in or what the country requires, if you can, in fact, get in that country. So that's a very important piece of information. So uh, apply.joinsherpa.com slash travel dash restrictions. So there's a few there. Now that's one. And the Delta Discover map, just go to the deltaairlines.com. And uh, also with immunization records, you can get them from CDC or you've probably got that covered. Above and beyond that, yes, make sure you look at the government websites of the country you're going to. All right? These really should be up to date. But I can't, wouldn't, yeah, wouldn't put money on it that they are, but you've got to look at all this information. And of course, I had all the airline websites, okay, because they indeed should have the information also. So based on that, I had all things covered. I had all of those forms completed, which I mentioned before. I had them printed out. I had them backed up on my computer, on my iPhone, on my iPad, and stored on Dropbox in the cloud, just in case anything bad happens. And to be honest with you, it went through pretty smoothly. I didn't have any problems uh, with that at all. But be aware of this. If you are transiting through an airport, there could be delays. Yes, because lack of personnel or, or whatever could slow the process down. All right, so transiting means uh, not necessarily clearing immigration, but they won't want to look at your passport depending on where you're going to. All right, So you still have to clear security. Now, in addition to that, get yourself joined up with TSA 
pre-check, which means you don't join the long line of people uh, to clear security. You can jump the queue. And also clear, C-L-E-A-R. Two good tools to use. All right. So I made a note on my bit of travel paper of my itinerary of all the airlines, website of all the airlines I was flying with, the hotels I was staying at, the government websites, the embassy websites, and also the information about COVID, much as possible, and that very valuable piece of information, the entry requirements to get in to all the places I was going to. And also the other important one is, of course, the red, amber, and green list of countries. So if you've got that done, basically you've got all your ducks in a row, you shouldn't really have a problem. Anyway, I just thought I would like to offer you that bit of information today. And uh, I won't say what I went through, you would have to repeat, but it gives you an idea there is a lot of paperwork to be completed uh, for this trip. Now, I am leaving for the Caribbean later on in October. I will have to go through something similar and different requirements for the Caribbean. Of course, there still is paperwork to complete online, all right? So you need to be cognizant of all that before you take off and leave the country to avoid going into quarantine somewhere or being turned around immigration. Also, one extra piece of very useful information, and it doesn't matter if COVID was around or not, enroll yourself in the STEP program, Smart Traveler Enrollment Program. You can find that at step.state.gov forward slash step from here you can register your itinerary online so you know the united states government knows where you are at any one time this is good if you're in a country somewhere and there's a problem it could be political or there could be a natural disaster at least the government knows that you are in that place at that time okay so enroll yourself in the step program it's free to do get yourself an account and you're good to go there as well. So, based on that, a lot of stuff to think about here, but it's all worth it because you get to go to the places you want to go to. Good luck to you all in your future travel plans, and enjoy. Bye for now, we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Many thanks for joining me today. This is Malcolm Teasdale signing off. Before I do, please check out my website, malcolmjteasdale.com, for more information about my travels around the world. Okay, folks, talk to you later. Bye for now. Stay safe.